The Key Economic Releases Affecting Fixed Income Yields Insights into Sectors Influencing Fixed Income Securities How AAM plans to capitalize on these themes for your fixed income portfolio. The Portfolio Fix is a podcast series featuring members of AAM's investment and portfolio management team. We will discuss the timely issues affecting the fixed income investments of our insurance clients. Welcome to episode three of the Portfolio Fix, a podcast series from AAM. My name is Patrick McGeever, a member of the investment team. I'll be speaking about the energy sector shortly, but first we wanted to get Marco Bravo's thoughts on the Fed's decision to cut the Fed funds rate target to 1.75% to 2%. Um, so welcome, Marco. Thanks, Pat. So uh, is there anything to make of the cut? The, the market seemed to take it in stride last week. Well, we went into, we went into the FOMC meeting uh, fully expecting the Fed to cut rates. The market was fully pricing in a 25 basis points cut in the, uh, in the Fed funds rate target. So that wasn't a surprise. And in the, uh, in the press conference, uh, Chairman Powell seemed to suggest that the uh, the cut was a response to a combination of weak global growth, um, continued trade uncertainties, and low inflation. None of those factors would be surprising. Uh, in their statement, the, the Federal Reserve continued to look at consumer spending as being strong and supported by a healthy labor market. And, uh, and recognize that uh, trade uncertainties is weighing, are weighing on manufacturing and business investment. You know, nothing too surprising there as well. As far as the market is concerned, the one thing that we would, we would take away from the Fed's updated uh, outlook for economic projections and their outlook for their dots plot is market kind of viewed the viewed the uh, meeting as slightly hawkish in in that the dot plot now is suggesting that the median uh, dot is showing no rate cut this year and no rate cut in 2020 and and that had the effect of causing the yield curve to flatten post meeting and we look at the uh, two's tens treasury curve it flattened four basis points um, after the uh, the fed announcement okay uh, that, that's a little bit of a pullback then from what we'd seen in the previous week uh, where the two's tens curve had actually steepened right yeah that's correct the uh, you know treasury yields were were lower last week following uh, a week prior in which uh, yields had risen pretty significantly and the, and the yield curve had, had steepened. Okay. So uh, last week you mentioned during the podcast the surprise index and how uh, recent data was regular, regularly beating estimates. Uh, that theme seemed to continue last week, right? It did, and specifically on the housing sector front. Uh, it seems like low mortgage rates may finally be st- starting to support. Finally, right? Yes, finally starting to support uh, the housing market. Um, Housing starts in August uh, increased uh, 12.3% to a level that um, is the highest level since 2007, albeit 
lower than the uh, than the high that we saw in housing starts pre crisis, but still the highest level in this expansionary period. So that's a positive sign. Uh, in addition, uh, what helped drive that increase in starts um, are starts in single family uh, homes, which have increased now for three consecutive months. And that's a very, that's, that's a positive because uh, it makes up a larger share of housing. And uh, most economists would say have, has a greater spillover effect into other sectors of the economy. But you know, definitely a positive note on the housing front. We would still be cautious given the uncertainty surrounding the economic outlook. Okay. And then uh, finally, what other economic releases are you monitoring this week? Well, this week, you know, what we're paying attention to be, uh, is uh, we, we get consumer confidence. We'll see if uh, how consumers uh, are feeling these days from the conference board. Uh, personal income and spending will be important to get an insight if uh, the uh, strong consumer spending that we saw in the months of July and August uh, will continue. Um, and uh, PCA inflation, which is another inflation report that the Fed closely monitors. We've seen a rise in the core CPI index and we'll be watching closely if we see the same trend in the uh, PC inflation numbers. Okay, so that's a pretty important uh list of items that they're releasing this week. So keep an eye on all of that data and then discuss that during our next podcast. Thanks, Marco. Thank you. And next, I'm going to be speaking about the energy sector. And Elizabeth Henderson was kind enough to join us to uh, interview me. So uh, with that, Elizabeth, please take it easy on me with some softball questions. Thanks, Pat. I will do that. I thought the timing of your presentation was particularly relevant, not just from the perspective of uh, the energy sector, but from an economic one as well, uh, which of course we discussed last week. Um, and uh, a couple of data points that always come to mind uh, every post-war recession, but one was preceded by a material increase in oil prices, and every oil market disruption, but one was followed by an economic recession. So. Uh, certainly a very important topic today. Yep. So uh, I think, thankfully, we should not see oil prices spike to a level that would cause a recession. I think uh, what we've seen in the past week is that there's sufficient supply to meet any shortfall that comes out of the Saudi attacks. We have uh, commercial inventories. Uh, we have excess production capacity out of OPEC. We have excess inventory from Saudi Arabia. And then, of course, we have the strategic petroleum reserves throughout the world. And then finally, um, increased production out of shale. So there's sufficient supply to meet this supply shortfall out of Saudi Arabia and therefore we should keep prices in a level or at a level that doesn't result in a recession. That's good to hear. And have the developments then in the Middle East changed your opinion on our energy related investments? Well, no, because um, the three items that we've been monitoring for the past couple quarters remain in place. First of all, we're still concerned about worldwide demand um, and that hasn't changed because of the strikes in fact it's probably 
at the margin a little bit worse. Uh, secondly, we have been concerned about what we think could be a supply glut in 2020, and that hasn't changed um, really because of the attacks. And then thirdly, we're concerned about um, U.S. policy towards Iran and how that might change with a presidential uh, or a change in the uh, leadership in the United States. So, uh, and that might have have changed a little bit since the uh, attacks, but not enough to change our sector relative value opinions, which at this point is fair for independents, integrateds, midstream, and the refiners. Okay, so it sounds like plenty going on. Um, what are some of the key fundam- fundamental issues then that you're monitoring outside of these recent Saudi strikes? Well, um, like I said, I guess the key one for me is worldwide economic growth. So we'll be monitoring the trade agreements or lack thereof very closely. Uh, if there was some progress made there, we definitely would address our commodity outlook and our sector relative value opinions. Uh, but we're also monitoring the um, the prices, the equity prices of um, these companies involved in the energy space. They've been beaten up pretty badly, so um, we're somewhat concerned that going forward there will be more um, shareholder-friendly activities, And whereas in the past it's been a very bondholder-friendly environment. I see. Um, I remember last week we talked about uh, leverage in the corporate sector, and the energy sector has been one of few that have a reduced debt leverage over the last few years. Uh, so a, a chart in your presentation today caught um, my eye in terms of the M&A and the equity performance of the acquirers. So just curious what that meant to you. Right. So that's one of the things that, unfortunately, for bondholders, I think will change going forward. Um, over the past year, year and a half, there's been some consolidation in the oil space. Not enough, but certainly some. And those acquirers have done so in a very uh, conservative manner, using a lot of equity uh, to fund the transaction. Unfortunately, all of those companies, all of those acquirers, have seen their stock get beaten up badly. So I think going forward, Consolidation, consolidation will likely continue, but I think it will be funded in a far more shareholder-friendly way. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for filling in as host, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. And thanks to you for listening to the Portfolio Fix. If you have questions about anything we've discussed today, please reach out to your portfolio manager or contact our marketing team at aamcompany.com. That's A as an asset. A as an allocation, M as in management, company.com. During our next podcast, Marco will review the conference board consumer confidence data and the personal consumption and personal income reports. And Afreem Panic will discuss autos and the GM auto strike. So thank you very much for listening.